Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Testament passage this morning is from the from Isaiah 58, where we are called to be repairers of the breach. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, they say, and you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, You only fast to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the feast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless and poor to your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin, Then your light shall shall break forth like the dawn. Your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall call for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the fingers, the speaking of evil, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually, and satisfy your needs in parched places, and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The Gospel lesson comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? 
It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have three simple points today. <laughs> Some would say that a good sermon has three points. Here's mine. Uh, how we understand a faithful life, how we understood a faithful life in the past may not be how we need to understand it today. That the decline of the mainline church is a little bit like what Isaiah lines out here today. It's number two. And number three is that if we do the right thing, we cannot lose. Okay, let's see if I can stick with that. <laughs> How we've understood a faithful life in the past may not be right, may not be the right way to be faithful today and tomorrow. We have our habits of faith, I do. One of them is coming to church. And we can too easily go through all these motions of going to church, of doing good deeds, like paying for someone's Starbucks or Caribou. Have you ever done that or had it done for you? Like you pull up and they go, oh, the person ahead of you paid for you. Those are great. There is truly a place for kindness in our world and we need more of it, a lot more of it. But as Carol Dempsey looks at today's scriptures, she reminds us what Isaiah is saying. Worship without justice has no value in the eyes of God. It's easy to be kind to the person behind us in the line at the drive-thru. It's harder to tackle the systems of injustice. Isaiah is pointing out the gap between how the people of Judah acted toward God and how they acted toward the people of God. The difference between how the people acted towards God and towards the people of God especially those afflicted by poverty and injustice. They were acting out an if-then scenario. If I fast, tear my clothes, humble myself, act piously, then God will take care of me and help me, will save me from a drought or a bad political situation or a physical ailment or an invasion. It was an if-then if I fulfill, check up all these things on this list, then God's going to do what I want. It's a way to control God. <clears throat> but Isaiah is telling us that God's if-then 
is really, really different. One way to understand the decline of mainline churches is that their, our, inability to see that our practices had become hollow. Like Isaiah and God in this story describe the people of God in today's scripture. Like in Isaiah's time, so uh, Carol Dempsey says, Isaiah had a great situation. People were being really, they were coming to temple. They were doing all the things they were supposed to do. They were anxious to, to fulfill all the duties. But they were still not doing what needed to be done. Like in Isaiah's time, the people were anxious and ready to do whatever they think is the right thing to do. Our churches, in years past, generations past, were packed with good folks, many of them our ancestors, certainly mine, who were seeking God's love and Christ's redemption. But those same mainline churches were instruments of the dominant culture, primarily white, prosperous, and held power in the community and all its institutions, including employers and businesses. And in too many of those churches, they had ugliness in their interactions with each other. There were ugly fights between choirs and kitchen crews, fights over the color of the carpeting in the sanctuary, dysfunctional behaviors in a myriad of committees, board, and trustee meetings. And yet they prayed together. They went to Sunday school and Bible studies and collected items for people in need, usually in some very far-off place. I don't want to be unfair to our tradition, but I have long felt that the dysfunction of churches has been the leading cause of our decline. Like those in Judah in Isaiah's time, our rituals were hollow, our piety self-serving, and our faith very confused. We thought that if we went to church, then God would be pleased and we would somehow be blessed. Younger generations going up in the church saw that hypocrisy and too often ugliness, and they didn't feel like that was something they wanted to be a part of. The unchurched felt it when they came to worship. And even the best and truest people and ways of worship and faith could not overcome that ugliness and hatefulness in too many of our churches. Three, Isaiah could not say it any more plainly. God's if, then, is fundamentally different from what they or we thought. Faithfulness to God is not a checklist of things to do in order to be righteous. Faithfulness to God is faithfulness to each other, to all people, especially those afflicted by poverty and injustice, illness and loss. No amount of Bible studies will suffice unless we are in right relationship with each other. In order for our practices of faith to be meaningful, faithful, and fruitful, those practices, even as a small congregation as ours, 
must be focused on right relationship with each other in this room and those of you watching. We want to be in right relationship with you and in the right relationship with those in need, those outside our walls, especially the poor, the oppressed, the disenfranchised, and the hungry. It seems like our spiritual wellness is tied up with service and care for those in need. And it is mandated by God in this Isaiah passage that we should do this. And here's the thing that happens when we reach out and do the right thing. We are gifted. We receive back. And this is sort of a... um, um, (laughs) an illustration that might seem trite. (laughs) But I volunteered a kindergarten classroom. And I go to help the kids and to help my friend who's the teacher. And I have received so much more back. And that's not why I did it. I did it to help my friend and her students. One day, a little boy asked me a question, and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to that. You'll have to ask the teacher. I'm just a lowly volunteer. I was kind of joking, you know, but he's five. And he said, you're not lowly, you're highly. (laughs) I was like, that's so nice. Now, later that day, another little boy said to me, you're not the teacher, you're just a mom. So, you know, it balanced out. But there is something true about when we go to help others with the right intention, not to be brought up as some great person, but out of as a desire to serve God, that's how we receive the gift back. We receive the gift back in meaning and purpose. Our spiritual wellness is tied up with service and care for those in need. I hope that you will be able to join us on March 12th as we think about our call as a congregation. Um, Regardless if we're ginormous or tiny, we have the same call. And we've talked about um, how we might try to understand what we want to do next with, with each other, for each other, and for the world around us. And I've had the honor to work with lots of congregations of lots of sizes doing this kind of thing professionally, and I'm I'm pleased to be able to come and do this with my own congregation here. I hope you will join us. Like um, Pastor Dennis said, we're going to order in lunch, and we'll spend maybe an hour and a half, two hours uh, together trying to hear the word of God for our hearts and our congregation and, and begin mapping out maybe a kind of plan. If we serve the needs of the afflicted, then our light will rise from the darkness. Our gloom will dissipate in the noonday sun, and our own needs in our own parched places will be satisfied. And we will be renewed as a community, and we will be known as repairers of the breach. Amen.
We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey. Thank you.